Coming up, I'm going to reveal to you why American men lack so much confidence in what it's doing to our culture. And then remote work, well, it's here to stay, but it's now creating new regulations that I'll break down. Let's go. Helping you win at work and in life. I'm Ken. Welcome aboard. Roughly one in nine men ages 25 to 54. One in nine. Age 25 to 54 men, this is prime working years, well, they're intentionally staying home. Intentionally staying home. Now, if you compare that to the mid-1950s, let's just call it about 70 years ago, it was 1 in 50. So we've got ourselves some creep going on, and it's not good. A 40-year study from the Federal Reserve of Boston suggests that men who saw their social status and earning power erode over time may have lost their incentive to work. Now, let's just break that statement down. Social status and earning power. This is about work. Social status means I do something that I'm proud to talk about. I I have a professional direction. I have a job that I'm proud of, that people respect, or I think they do. That's the social status part of that sentence. And then earning power is clearly work-related. So here we go. It comes back to work. You cannot escape the importance of work in our lives. You cannot escape the value it brings to a human. American men are losing at work. Increasingly. Prime age. And they've basically said, I don't want to play anymore. How many of you remember as a kid, you'd have a friend or a few friends come over? Or maybe it was at elementary school and it was recess or it was playtime at home. And everybody's playing. And I'm distinctly remembering what we used to do, we used to play cops and robbers as, as little boys. That was the big thing, right? You got the good guys and the bad guys. And you get together with a group of buddies and you come up with the situation. All right, we're going to be these two guys, these three guys, you're cops. These guys are robbers. Here's what we're going to do. And you concoct the whole thing. And as a kid, you get all excited about this narrative and this whole this whole situation. And you start to play. And you're in the middle of it, and something goes wrong. Something unexpected happens, and inevitably someone gets their feelings hurt. That's what it comes down to. They might show it with anger. They might show it with sadness. But somebody gets their feelings hurt, and they inevitably say, I'm not playing anymore. I'm going home. You remember that? Some of you did it. I'm sure I did. And everybody's standing there going, what What do you, what do you mean you're quitting? What, just because it didn't go your way? I mean, that's not what kids are saying, but that's what they're 
processing. Well, wait, 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 what do, you, what do you mean? We need you. We need that third robber. You're supposed to drive the getaway van with the money in it, right? Whatever the scenario was. And so that emotional wound causes someone to quit and go home. They don't want to play anymore. And then on the other side of that, everybody else is disappointed, going, well, we were counting on you. It affects more than just the person who says, my feelings are hurt, I want to go home, I'm done playing. It has an effect on everybody else. And that's why the 7 million men, it's being widely reported now, that are of working age, 25 to 54, who are choosing to opt out of the workforce, is a cultural crisis. Now, you can throw out the numbers of men that are deciding to be stay-at-home dads. That's honorable. That's a whole different ballgame. That's different. I'm not talking about that. And I'm not talking about people who have health issues. I'm saying able-bodied, eligible, working men, age 25 to 54, there are millions and millions of them who are self-selecting, I'm not going to play anymore. I'm going home. So you say, why are they doing that? Well, number one, because they can. People are supporting them. That's the first problem. They're being supported. But back to the statement. Men who saw their social status and earning power erode over time may have lost their incentive to work. They haven't lost their incentive to work. They lost confidence. The incentive will take care of itself. A confident human, not just a man, but a confident human is someone who is clear on who they are and what they want to do and why they want to do it and where they can do it and how they go about it. And so they make they make moves forward. That's confidence. So the incentive takes care of itself. The incentive is I, I know who I am and who I want to be and I want to go do it. So that's an intrinsic motivation. They haven't lost incentive They've lost their confidence. They're ashamed. They're embarrassed. They're humiliated. They're discouraged. And so they've retreated back to the cave. Some other reasons why, not just the social and the financial negatives to not having professional success. Let me tell you some other things that are going on. I'm not going to spend any time on this. It'll be another show. They grew up in classrooms where they were told not to act like boys. Boys are wild. They should be allowed to be wild for a good portion of the day. They were told not to sit in the classroom quietly. Then they were given Ritalin when they couldn't do it. Uh-oh. Now I've now I've stepped on a hornet's nest. And then they were told later on that they were toxic part of society because there was a movement that was that was pure in its intent but wildly wrong because the pro-women movement became anti-men. Uh-oh, now I'm really stepping in it today. We'll keep moving. So how do you get your confidence back, men? Number one, self-awareness. You've got to get back to who you really are, retreat to clarity. You've been wounded. You've been disappointed, discouraged, disillusioned. you got to go back and get clear on, on who you are, a CSI investigator on you. What do you do well? What do you love to do? What results motivate you? Get clear on those three things and watch your confidence begin to soar. And then you got to do some hard things, guys. Reestablish the grit of pressing through failure and disappointment. Do hard 
things. Guys, you are needed. You can do good. The world needs you to do good. So my challenge to the millions of men who are self-selecting and saying, I'm not going to work. I'm staying home. Someone else is going to support me because I am embarrassed. I'm discouraged. Hear me say this, men. Here's the answer. Leave the cave. Do something hard and create something good. Guys, leave the cave. Do something hard that creates something good. Leave the cave. Do something hard that creates something good. We need you. And I'm going to help you. Big announcement coming up. Okay, big news to all you folks who uh, really, really enjoy the show, and you are uh, in the uh, Kansas City uh, area, Chicago area, Atlanta area, and Dallas. And and uh, Alex, I, I don't know if you can pull that Dallas information off the website really quick while I'm talking. That will help me, because we just got that one uh, ready to go to announce. But I'm bringing, for the first time, uh, a live event to those cities Atlanta, Chicago, Dallas, and Kansas City. It's just me, and we're lo-fi, baby. Super cool theaters. The event is called Career Breakthrough, and this is an event for people who feel stuck. You don't think there's any way out. You can't see any pathways or options out. For people who are, are really just kind of confused, you got several different things you're thinking about. How do I pick the right one, Ken? And how do I get there? For those of you who want to launch that side hustle or eventually work for yourself, you're going, now's the time, but I'm not sure what step to take first. This event is for you. It's for your family members, friends. Uh, maybe some of you got college students that are graduating and not quite sure what that entry point looks like in the next few months ahead. Uh, this event, Career Breakthrough, is for you. Here's what I'm doing. I'm going to speak for about 20, 25 minutes and get you all fired up and give you something inspirational and tactical and it's a three-part formula on how to always be able to overcome what's holding you back. That's why we're calling it Breakthrough. And then we're going to take your questions live in the crowd. Uh, it's a, These are small, uh, about 300-seat venues, so we expect them to sell out. And um, it's going to be really intimate and fun. And it's not going to be this big screen, big blaring speakers, intimate night where we're going to meet you where you are, and I'm going to take your questions live right there on the stage and so I'd love to see you. Here are the cities. Kansas City is April 20th. Chicago, Illinois is May 16th. And Atlanta, Georgia is May 18th. Do we have that Dallas date, guys? What is it? May 23rd in Dallas. So uh, that is uh, those are the dates. But you can go to KenColeman.com slash events. It's right there on the screen for those listening. Go to KenColeman.com slash events. And tickets start at just $50. We have a couple other tiers. we got a cool VIP ticket uh, that we uh, would love for you to take part of. So uh, put your put the dates down. Kansas City, April 20th. Chicago, May 16th. Atlanta, May 18th. Dallas, 
May 23rd, KenColeman.com slash events. I cannot wait to see you there. So jump on those tickets because, again, smaller venues because that's the vibe I wanted to create. So jump on those tickets because we are announcing all over the Ramsey Solutions universe today, and I'd love for you all to be there. KenColeman.com slash events. All right. Um, Remote work. Is it here to stay? The answer is yes. Back in the office work, or in the office work, is it here to stay? Yes. Hybrid work, the combination of the two, is it here to stay? Yes. But remote work is no longer as simple as it was, and I am just giving you this information. Let me say on the outset, I am not anti-remote work, uh, but it's got to be done right. The employee and the employer, it is not a one-size-fits-all guarantee that it's going to work. It's a lot of hard work, and it's now creating a few more headaches than it had originally, which I'm about to unpack. So why do I share this with you remote workers? I want to make sure you are aware of some pitfalls, some landmines that could be negative. So I want you to be aware of them, anticipate them, and make sure that you're communicating well with your employer. Because some of these issues are creating some of this push for for companies to say, I want you back in the office, and it comes down to regulations, this big nasty word that means the government's getting involved, and that's federal, state, and local, and it can create some headaches. So here's what's going on. There's new data showing that remote work is, in fact, saving companies up to $10,600 per employee annually. All right. But the increased flexibility and cost savings of remote work also means that employers no longer have the kind of control over safety and stability of their employees' work environments that they used to. So, again, this is where government screws everything up. When government starts getting involved in businesses and telling businesses how they have to operate, this is the kind of gnarled mess that comes out of this regulations got all these laws all these regulations and fines and policies and oversight yeah 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 and it's now going to create problems for people who want to be remote workers in companies who have been pro remote work these issues have prompted a surge in new regulatory developments aimed at making sure remote workers home workers and teleworkers are protected under existing listen to this environmental health and safety legislation and guidelines so that employers aren't running afoul of labor laws. Now, again, these labor laws were designed in an in-office environment. So the question becomes, how does all this need to evolve? How is it evolving? All right, so now companies have got to contend with different compliance requirements in different jurisdictions. Think about that. When you got remote workers, you got workers in different cities, different states, even different countries, and all of those locations have their own jurisdictions. It's a mess. I'll give you one example just over in Europe. In Spain, remote work is defined as a work activity that is performed either at the worker's home or at another place of their choice at least 30% of the time over a period of three months. So all this is you know explained in Spain's law. Um, on remote work. 
among other employee requirements is a written agreement for all teleworking employees that includes the worker's detailed schedule. Now listen to this. Places of work and how the company will monitor their work-related activities. So I'm telling you, remote workers, I, I want you to avoid all of this if you, if you can because we've seen companies get really intrusive. I reported on this show a story of a, of a young lady that was fired because she left her laptop on because she was supposed to. And they had her camera on so they could monitor her work. She gets up from a table in her kitchen, and she can still be seen on the camera making a bowl of soup, if I'm not mistaken, and she gets fired. I call this nanny ship, not leadership, but this is what's going to happen for some of you. It's coming. Fines for noncompliance can run from 70 euros for a minor infraction to upward to 225,000 euros for major lapses in compliance. Now, I know some of you are going, well, Ken, that's in Spain. Yes, but again, the world is flat. Even in the U.S., which has not seen any direct legislation governing flexible working arrangements since the Telework Enhancement Act of 2010. So that's how old the current legislation is. I'm telling you, Congress can't help themselves, folks. They love to legislate rules and requirements and regulations nothing makes a congressman any happier than a new regulation they're gonna do something about it all right but under the current act the the telework enhancement act of 2010 a number of local laws affecting practices such as interstate taxation and expense reimbursement have emerged creating complicated compliance challenges all this means, now here's why I'm, I'm, I'm reading some of this from this article. This is a uh, an MIT article, okay? All this means that allowing large numbers of employees to work from anywhere, that's you, remote worker, is starting to get a lot more complicated. When it gets complicated, businesses are going to go, do I want to deal with this? So again, I'm just making you aware that there could be some real challenges, and I want you to avoid these traps employers that embrace the remote work revolution understood how it could help them stay resilient nurture their top talent and save money in commercial real estate however mistakes in how they manage these remote employees can undo a lot of the goodwill creating bad optics and exposing them to significant financial penalties along the way companies will look to simplify pay attention listen read i got you i'm going to warn you remote workers because it's not a sure thing. All right, folks, if you're enjoying the program, I'd love your help. We do this show for you and for people like you. And if you find it valuable, uh, we would love for you to, on YouTube, subscribe and also share an episode or a highlight. If you are listening via your favorite podcast platform, would you follow us and give us a five-star review and, and share an episode? Uh, we would appreciate that very much. All right, couple of things that are resources that I want you to be aware of. Um, I need to do a better job telling you about them because they're really going to help you. One is the Get Clear Career Assessment. This is our 15-minute assessment that allows you to answer questions that 
you can just follow your heart on and it's going to spit back out a really awesome report that tells you what you do best. That's the talent and skill area. The work you love to do, that's areas of passion and work. And then what results motivate you? We call it the missional results, but this is where you get fired up to get into the office or into work every day. And we put all of those answers, not in just a detailed report, but in a purpose statement at a high level. So you can put it on your mirror, your closet door, um, and really make sure that you stay clear and confident. Speaking of clarity, confidence, and courage, I'll be teaching on that formula to get breakthrough so that you are unstoppable. We announced it uh, today on the show, Kansas City, April 20th, Chicago, May 16th, Atlanta, May 18th, Dallas, May 23rd. For my very first event, it'll be just me, live, super cool theaters. It's called Career Breakthrough. Go to kencoleman.com slash events to learn more, get your ticket. They only start at 50 bucks for breakthrough, kencoleman.com slash events. Uh, also, if you want to jump in on the program to get coached, Couple ways to do it. Ask at kencoleman.com to send an email. Uh, you can also submit a question via Instagram at Ken Coleman. And then the phone number, 844 747 2577. Leave a voicemail if it's not uh, when we're doing the live show, and we'll get back to you. 844 747 2577. All right. Samantha is in Atlanta, Georgia. Samantha, you're on the Ken Coleman show. Hi, Ken. Thanks for taking my call. I'm happy to. What's up? So I'm calling on behalf of my husband, who is currently deployed. Oh, okay. Um, my husband is a pilot in the Air Force, and he has about a year and a half left in his Air Force commitment. Um, this spring, he will be offered. He should be offered the pilot retention bonus, which we've heard it will be an additional fifty thousand per year for every additional year he adds to his commitment. Okay. Which can either be paid out every year or as a lump sum. Is there a max on that? Max years? Um, eight years. Well, okay. so he's got eight years left in his commitment okay. to get to 20 years. Okay. Um, and uh, however, his dream is to be an airline pilot. So uh, my question is, or I guess his question is, should he give up on the dream of being an air, airline pilot for the sake of financial security? No. Um, <laughs> paid for health care for four since we've got we've got a large family four kids and to get the uh, 20-year pension or take a huge cut a uh, temporary pay cut to pursue airlines but he does worry about um he did get a lot of speeding tickets in high school and did not do well academically so he worries and some of the that's interesting that. okay so yeah. i don't know much about those those kind of things on his record if you will here's uh-huh. what i do know there's a massive, massive crisis looming in the airline industry as it relates to pilots. They're yeah. talking about it all the time. Right. And they're trying to, like, fast-forward people, and it's scary as crud. I don't know if I want to get on a commercial airline with all the stuff they're talking <laughs> about where they're just trying to rush people in and everything. So um, what I would do if I were him is he's got time and he's got connections. He uh-huh. needs to do his homework and connect with some pilots of certain airlines, let's do some homework and find out if, in fact, his GPA uh, as a high school or college kid or whatever, and his speeding tickets, if that's a real issue. I got mm-hmm. a hunch they're a non-issue, but I'll be the first to say I don't know that for sure. Uh, okay. But but the but the, the the way to figure it out is just let's go dig into it and go. Is this going to bother? Is this going to make getting qualified to be an airline pilot very very difficult? And if the answer yeah. is yes, I think that changes our mind. Uh huh. 
But if the answer is no, I, I mean, how big of a temporary pay cut is it? If he if well, he I leaves guess it would the, just be the the process of like getting out of the Air Force, and then if he doesn't have an airline job, yeah. Yet, but what does he then, make? No, but we're not going to do that. We're going to line up an airline job before he leaves. Right. Yeah. We're not well, jumping the, off a cliff. Well, right. but I mean, I think it's possible. He's a current pilot yeah. in the Air Force, for heaven's sakes. Right. I don't know if it gets any more credible than that. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Yeah. So I think there's I some know. unknown going here. And I think that, again, he's got some confidence issues, which are very understandable because he doesn't have any answers. I want to go get right. the answers to the to the speeding and the grades. And yeah. then I then I actually in that conversation I'm actually using the proximity principle that says in order to do what I want to do I got to get around people that are doing it and in places where it's happening. Does he not okay. have some connections? Do you have some connections of people who know some people who are pilots? I'm sure you do. Right. Let's go. Let's go get answers. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Um. Then we know. Okay. Well, what does it look like? What's my income in the military versus my income even starting out as a pilot? I gotta mm-hmm. believe it's not much difference at all. Well, What's he I make right now? Few years is a major. Uh, he makes a little over a hundred thousand after taxes. Right well, what what does a commercial air pilot uh, make? Com- well, they make more than that, but like the first few years, I think it's like sixty to eighty thousand, and then it goes up to like two to four hundred thousand. Well, again, okay, okay. all right. So again, it's his dream, right? As far as right. I can tell, he's just only- afraid to get to to say no to the Air Force, and then he, it's just the fear of the unknown. It, it's a hundred percent the fear of the unknown. Yeah. And so, so we go. Okay, well, what's the healthcare going to look like? So go find out. Yeah. Go talk to airline employees. What's their healthcare like? Read up on it online. Yeah. These, these big airlines probably have really good healthcare because they got so many right. stinking employees. So, okay, now we're not worried about that. And the four kids, they're going to be fine. Um, now, we do have to plan for, okay, if it's about a $40,000 hit, which, again, I'm just, I I want to push back on that some, and let's really dig into that. Is he really going to come mm-hmm. out of the Air Force and only make 60000 as a pilot? If that's true, and it's a one-year deal, then what must be true? What do we do to plan for that? You know, so... If you're not right. living in military housing, I'm just spitballing right now, but if you're not, mm-hmm. I'd sell that house and I'd live in military housing for two to three years to to try to save money. You understand what I'm saying? And we build up for that. Yeah. So we've got the money set aside so that first year we don't have any real interruption in our lifestyle at all. And then when he starts right. making that money. So this is all about knowledge. And then mm-hmm. once we get the knowledge, we build a plan based on what we now know to be true. Right. But this is... I think this is going to be a pretty seamless transition if he does his homework. Yeah. You couldn't have a better resume than he's going to have. Right. Uncle Sam trusts him to fly the planes. What's he fly? Uh, It's the KC-135. It's the one that refuels other planes in the air. For heaven's sakes. He's piloting a flying gas can. (laughs) Yeah, he is. I mean, are you kidding me? (laughs) I got to believe uh, that's a higher risk of flight than, than than just about anything but a fighter pilot. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got to fly the gas can, hold it still <laughs> while the other planes fly up underneath of it. The dude's got nerves of steel. That, that's true. I know. So the point here I'm making is he's extremely credible. 
He also wants to transition into an industry that is bleeding heavily. Mm-hmm. They need pilots. I, I think they fast track your hubs is what I think. They may yeah. even give him a signing bonus. Yeah. You know? Right, yeah. Hey, they're talking about they're talking about fast tracking people that have never flown a plane before. Your husband flies a gas can for the Air Force. <laughs> Trust yeah. me. Hey, Southwest Airlines, Delta, <laughs> I got a guy for you. You know? I mean, I just yeah. think it's a no brainer. So pep talk is over. Um, you can have your husband watch this on YouTube later this afternoon. Okay. Go to our full-length okay. channel uh, of the Ken Coleman Show, and he can watch what I'm saying. Uh, okay. but, but what's his name? Uh, Matt. All right, Matt, listen to me. Thank you for your service, number one, you're a great American. And number two, you got this, man. Get busy and watch the <laughs> offers come flooding your way. And I hope to see you in the friendly skies. This is the Ken Coleman Show. Press on. Thanks for listening to The Ken Coleman Show. For more, you can find the show on demand wherever you listen to podcasts and watch the show on YouTube. You can also find Ken across all social media by following at Ken Coleman.